0: So, you know, when we were prepping for this episode this year, I had searched uncomfortable holiday conversations. And do you know what the first few results were?
1: No, you're making me curious though.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So they were and some version of this, right? How to avoid having X type of conversation. And to be honest, most of those were about work. And I don't know about you, but I know that sometimes it's truly impossible to avoid having uncomfortable conversations. And in fact, the very idea that we're trying to avoid rather than engage in them suggests that we may be never able to have these conversations. I don't know. Sarah, what do you think?
1: I feel like that sounds a little bit unhopeful about our potential as human beings (laughs) to do hard things because I think avoiding will never help solve the problem, right? It makes you neutral at a time when we really actually need to decide what we believe in and stand up for what's right. So- The one thing I would say is I, maybe that's the Google search or maybe it's not the Google search, the DuckDuckGo search or whatever search platform you were using, but I don't think folks are necessarily avoiding having conversations right now because I think it's one of the main questions that we've been asked to speak about this year, right? Regardless of the type of speaking gig that we've been doing, whether it's corporate or school or parent or book club, I feel like people don't want to avoid these conversations because that's an unrealistic goal. I feel like we're getting questions about how do we have these conversations And I think more than anything, they want practical tips, because let's face it, we just came off a highly contentious midterm election cycle. Systemic racism certainly has not gone away, and we're still going to be gathering as families this year throughout the holiday season.
0: Yeah, I love that, because if you know our podcast, you know we're all about action. So we're re-airing this episode that's quickly becoming a favorite one for many of our listeners in order to share some of those practical tips that have worked for us. Not in order to avoid these conversations, but really to have them in a way that's authentic, honest, and safe for all of us.
1: I love that. So we'd love to hear what's worked for you too, as you navigate whatever uncomfortable conversations might be coming your way. You can drop us a line at hello at dearwhitewomen.com, and maybe we'll be able to share what's worked for you on our social. We would love to hear it. So don't hesitate to reach out. Welcome to the Dear White Women podcast, the show that helps white women use their privilege to uproot systemic racism without centering themselves in the process. We are your biracial Japanese and white hosts, Sarah and Misasha. So let's dive into it, because Thanksgiving 2021 is just a few days away, if you're listening to this at the time of its release. And of course, there are the end of year holidays coming up, too, and all of the things in 2022 and beyond. So first things first, though, I want to just really be clear that there is no checklist, much like pretty much everything related to racism or any of the isms. And I know that might send a few of you into a tailspin or make you want to stop listening, but rest assured, we're not ending there. So while there is no checklist, there are things that we can all keep in mind to avoid you know, that moment where you're standing there like a deer caught in the headlights when you hear something racist. And then Almost always, right? You think about it hours later on the drive home or as you're waking up the next morning and then you realize what it was that you wanted to say in that moment. We're giving you the tools in this episode to prepare you before you sit down to that holiday table or drive to the holiday gathering, to ready yourself when you're faced with that racist uncle or perhaps a well-meaning aunt, and to further discussions big and small after that holiday encounter. So are you ready? Let's get started. So much like you want to have that holiday potluck dish ready before you get in the car or have your guests show up. You wanna do some work beforehand on the conversational front too, to make sure you're ready. You wanna know some of our like favorite bullet points here? Let's do it.
0: All right, so first off, know yourself and your biases before you get into any conversation. And I know this may sound super basic and you're like, great, I already knew this one, but stop for just a second and ask, do you really, do you know yourself Have you thought about what those biases are? Because if you don't know yourself or your why as to why you would want to change the conversation or educate someone or, you know, want to talk to this relative about what they're saying, it's hard to really listen to, empathize with, or even agree on some level with others. So that's step one. Know yourself, know your biases.
1: And I think that why is also really important just to add the personal touch, right? Like I know my why, me Sasha, you, your family. Like I think about if a transgender conversation comes up, I know several friends who have transgender children, like put the people in your mind who you're thinking of or the stories that you've heard out there in your mind, because knowing that why is gonna be really important both in the conversation, but also to arm yourself with that conviction that it's worth speaking up about. The other bullet point I would say ahead of time that you can consider is to set some boundaries for the conversation, right? You can say, hey, look, nobody's going to use the N-word at the table. And you can explain why if you need to. You can say there's no mocking or no generalizing about groups of people. You can say, don't use descriptors of skin color or sexuality or gender identity unless it's really material to the story. And on the flip side, you can think about what you do want to talk about and have some of those topics prepped and ready beforehand, even if it's only in your mind.
0: So I want to ask, because I think that people will hear this and think like, okay, that's great, but I have no idea what this looks like. So Sarah, can you give us some examples of what those boundaries look like in your house or what topics you're thinking that you do want to talk about over the holidays?
1: Mm -hmm. You know, I wish I had prepared myself for that question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all though? Don't we all? Right.
1: So my whole family is descending upon us right now, probably as people are listening to this episode. And one of the things I do know is that we do tend to see the world similarly when it comes to racial anti-racism or standing up. Definitely nobody would ever use the N word and that sort of stuff. But one of the things that I think might be a point of contention would be stuff like the vaccine and whether kids will get vaccinated or not, because I have family that live in all like different states in this country. And so I think one of the boundaries that we will have is if it starts to get personal, like, why would you do that? We will put a break in the conversation and sort of say, look, we need to take it away from being personal to more of a broader conversation or move away from that conversation. I love it. How about you?
0: Well, I do not have family descending upon me <laughs> in a week. And I will say that one of the things we talked about a lot recently in our house is how we talk about people's bodies, right? And we are not going to be talking about people's bodies. And, you know, we're not going to be talking about body shape in any, you know, negative way. We're not going to be putting judgments on people because of the shape of their bodies. And, you know, when my kids are at an age where this is like a common thing that's talked about, you know, even at school. And so we are really talking about everyone's body is something that is to be proud of. So mm-hmm. I
1: think and that's a great one. It is a boundary that we've actually had set long time ago because I have two girls and I have people who visit who often talk about their own body in one of those critical ways and then they want people to step in and be like, "No, you're fine." Or, "Oh, I ate so much, I shouldn't." Like we have made it very clear that at our home or the table, especially when the kids are around, we do not comment on our own bodies. We don't look for it. And we stop any conversation around diet talk because that is not anything that we discuss in our home in a way that's not talking about being strong and healthy and full of energy. So yeah, I like that too.
0: All right. So now that you've done that mental prep or, you know, sometimes not so mental, but collective family prep, and you're ready for guests. Your guests start arriving, or you show up at someone's house, and everyone's happy until they're not, right? So let's shift gears and discuss some tools that may help you navigate those uncomfortable conversations or overtly racist comments in real time. So starting with a very practical question or that you can ask when that racist relative, we all have one, makes that racist joke or a comment. You can simply ask, what do you mean by that? and you know this simple question can not only give everyone a moment of pause but also might cause the person who said that to do some quick reflection you know so maybe they double down on that racism and then you have to make a decision as to whether to address that head on or to walk away and we'll talk a little bit more about that later but you know maybe they take a pause take a breath and note wow was that really what i meant to say and then If they're doing that reflection, that opens up a real dialogue, perhaps, instead of shutting everyone down before that opportunity happens, if you just go in with a straight you-based attack.
1: Yeah. And I love that one because it's so simple. What do you mean by that? The My thing that I want to share is this idea of listening to understand, not to like attack, not to speak up and argue against it. And you can do that by using I statements, right? Like Basically, instead of being like, you're so X, Y, Z, when someone says something offensive, it's like, wow, it's my experience. I feel hurt by that. I believe what you're saying is, or I understand that, right? There's two big topics here. First, when you're listening to understand, instead of sort of half listening and really waiting for the other person to stop talking before you can jump in with that argument that you've been formulating in your head to rebut whatever they're saying. And I know you and I have both been guilty of this mm-hmm. in our past lives. So
0: guilty. Yeah. Right. Right.
1: But if you are listening to really understand and not just sort of hear the words, but you're listening to the tone, you're listening to the heart of what they're saying, you're going to learn a lot more about that person and you'll find ways to connect. And you'll also prevent them from immediately becoming defensive when you start responding, because they'll realize that you respected them enough to just truly listen, not just half listen and disregard what they said in its entirety. And again, those I statements, it's a great way to remove the defensiveness. that's second nature for all of us in these moments, because what's true for me, you can't argue with that. I feel a way. It is what it is.
0: I love that. Our next tip kind of fits in nicely with this, because it's really about highlighting areas of agreement so you can connect on a human level, right? Not on an intellectual one. You know, because we all differ wildly when it comes to what we believe in or what we may theorize about, but we are all still human. So find that area in which you can connect that way. Maybe it's being a woman or a parent or being left handed, whatever, right? For example, despite the broad spectrum of reactions to, you know, masking up during COVID or Sarah, you were just talking about the vaccines, right? For example, everyone could probably agree that we would like the pandemic to end and that it's also been really difficult these past 20 months. So find those points of agreement and meet there first, because then you're more likely to listen to someone who sees you, and also you're more likely to listen when you feel seen.
1: I love that. We talk so much about how people need to feel like they matter. So that's a great way to do it. You know, that said, there's definitely gonna be some times where you just have to walk away, right? You have to protect your own well being, And I think there are some conversations- that just cannot be had at the time that you want to have them, or maybe not even for a little while afterwards, because there are going to be moments where it gets to be too much and breathing through and slowing down and listening and connecting as human beings is just not working. And in those moments, it's okay to change the topic or maybe even walk away.
0: And breathing though, can't say that one enough. And I say that mostly as a reminder to myself because I am terrible. I hold my breath, which is completely human nature when things get heated. So don't be me don't do that right use your breath as a tool to not only drop back into your body right to connect with that humanity that we've been talking about but also to stay focused to stay calm and to stay present
1: and just on the breathing thing i've had some learning in this space over the last year and a half remember my nerdy life coach and positive psychology background, but the key here is to activate the parasympathetic nervous system, right? Like the key is to not just be like, like, and breathe in. You want to have a long, slow breath out. And it's not just once, but try to do that cycle where you're breathing out longer than you're breathing in for a few breaths at a time. Try to do that for a minute. Like, it is so important to allow our bodies to let the adrenaline and all the things calm down when we're so activated in those moments. So part of breathing is that exhale, in, like if you're using it in the way that you're talking about. Ooh,
0: love that. That's a great reminder as well. All right, so you're done with the gathering, but we can't leave it there, right? Because we can't forget what happens afterwards. You know, it's kind of like if you've ever heard a fitness instructor, and I may have said this in my own classes, talk about stretching at the end of class being the most important part of it. So you don't want to leave or rush through that part because you lose those amazing benefits and the ability to recover and have your body recover faster for next time. So similarly, it's important to do that mental work and reflect on what just happened, not only because it's fresh in your mind, but it's also a great way for us to learn and to grow and you know maybe to do better or have more ease in these conversations next time. So Sarah, I want to ask, what are some questions that we could and should be asking ourselves after a holiday gathering when things may or may not have gone like we'd hoped?
1: You know, I love this question. And I think just to offer again, another: I'm such a nerd. like <laughs> a <scientific, laughs> Basically, if you grab a piece of paper and like either write it out or sit down and talk to somebody about this, your brain will process information better than if you're just answering these questions in your head that I'm, that I'm about to ask. Because in order to analyze, we just psychologically do better in those two other mediums, talking or writing. But I would say things like, let's reflect on what went well, right? Because there's going to be, even if it all fell apart, look for those moments of things that worked to start. What didn't go well you know, where could I personally learn? Was there a topic that came up that you were like, "Oh, but I don't have the information that I need to feel like I can accurately give an ex- a logical, you know, answer to this." So, where could you spend some time learning in terms of conversation tactics? How did those tactics go? Did you say what did you mean by that? What are other phrases that you caught yourself or someone else saying at the table that went well or didn't go well? And I think. The other set of questions about bigger picture, like not just internal reflection, but bigger picture stuff, what boundaries might I want to set in the future? You know, who do I need to reach out to that may have had feelings one way or the other that you want to talk through after you've concluded this gathering? So I think those are the sorts of things we want to spend a little time reflecting on after we conclude this time with our people
0: all right so this is an audio recording so you can't see me but i was like nodding the entire time that you were (laughs) listing those questions i'm like check need to remember that check 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 i love all of those you know so now i know we've talked about a lot of tips right some very concrete and some more general but not to put you on the spot again if there was one pro tip that you'd like to leave our listeners with that you think might change the way holiday conversations could go either in your house or their house what would that be
1: mine is to do what i just did which is to take a breath before i just blurt out the first thing in my mind and lean into me i statements like i don't understand or like i think for me it gives me more comfort than trying to jump into my intellectualizing of stuff because when i'm in like under the pressure like of that moment. I feel like I'll mess up facts. I'll mess up stuff. But if I can speak about what feels true to me, I can begin the conversation in a way that I think will land better for everybody and that I will be more proud of as opposed to beating myself up over after. So I would say I statements. How about you?
0: You know, I do love a good, what do you mean by that question? But I think this year I'm really going to focus on listening to understand, right? Listen more, talk less perhaps. And I was reminded of that one from a seminar recently about kids' mental health. But it's so important for all of us to remember. you know, People are telling us things, right? So if we really want to truly see others and be seen on a very human level, we have to learn about that other person first. And so really finding those similarities and going from there. And sometimes that's really hard. I get it, right? It won't happen overnight. And as you, know, you were saying at the start of this episode, there is no checklist. But I think we have to be intentional, be thoughtful, and be respectful, not of racism, but of the humanity in others in order to move that needle and find change in our own communities or around our holiday tables.
1: I love it. Thank you for that. So if you're looking for more tips and tools, we do have them for you also in our recently released book, Dear White Women, Let's Get Uncomfortable Talking About Racism, sold wherever you buy books. And since we are on the topic of holidays, We do hear this book is a great holiday gift too. I know we are surprised. So are (laughs) we, but people are doing this. I think it's a great excuse to gift these sorts of conversations to people. So please, if you like this practical advice, buy one for you and then for everyone you know. Lastly, you don't want to miss our holiday gift guide. It is out via email. If you need it, drop us a line at hello at dearwhitewomen.com or go to our website, dearwhitewomen.com and ask to be signed up for our newsletter. And we'll try to get you a copy because it just went out this week. You're still here learning how to uproot systemic racism one conversation at a time. Our fresh news, we have a brand new book that's available for pre-order. So find us on bookshop.org at Dear White Women and order. And then make sure you follow the Dear White Women podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts so you can keep getting the newest episodes each Wednesday. And don't forget to rate and review us as you share our show with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at Dear White Women podcast and Twitter at DWW podcast. And if you love us, support our Patreon or look for ways you can bring us into your place of employment or circle of influence for a talk or ask us about our webinars and consulting work. Thanks for being here.